Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Thanks for joining us today. I'm going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, in a couple of minutes. If you'd like to join us, uh, I just want to say how good it is to be serving God for over 40, almost 45 years now. I've been enjoying the Christian life. And uh, though I've disappointed God on many occasions, he's never disappointed me. And I cannot say enough about how good it is to live for God. I look out in the world, those who chase sports, money, movies, music, um, drugs, liquor, immorality. I don't see any happiness in their lives. I don't see the, the fulfillment that Christ offers. Jesus said in John 10, I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And this abundant life is a life of sacrifice. It's, it's such an upside down thing. You die to self so that you can live. You give that you might have. You uh, serve that you might lead. And on and on, there's so many things that in the Christian life, they're just literally upside down. But here in Isaiah chapter 58, I want to say a word too. On occasion, I will uh, give a, a brief lesson on something that's maybe more preacher oriented than church member, but any church member could get this. But uh, I want to take a couple of minutes and talk about repairing the breach. And uh, this is uh, one chapter in a book I'm working on, on fundamentalism. But uh, let me just say a word or two about who we are. Um, we as Americans have our heritage slowly and methodically being taken away from us. Uh, the great founders and framers of our nation have been maligned. Our founding documents have been assaulted. They've been ignored. They've been slandered. Our, our national sins have been magnified while our deeds of righteousness have been forgotten. Um, people talk how great Castro is, and, and they lift up socialism and communism, not talking about the millions, multiplied tens of millions murdered, and, uh, but they'll, they'll sure make a big deal about something that um, someone in uh, the founding days of our country did and they find out that they're flesh. But uh, it's systematic, and it is, it is purposeful. Um, this is a tragic satanic process with cataclysmic events, if that's the right word. Um, uh, it, this kind of thing will be what one president said fun, will fundamentally change America. And when I heard him say that, it made me mad. I thought, it's not yours to change. And we don't want it fundamentally changed. We can tweak it and we can improve here and there, but don't you give us a fundamental change. And if he wants a socialistic country, let him get out of it and go find one and uh, let them, uh, let him see how they treat him. But, um, but the fact is this, forgetting or failing to learn who we are, where we came from, and why certain choices were made in the early days of our country if we forget or fail to even learn those things, it will cripple our future abilities to plan and implement good decisions in the days to come. And that's all national. I'm not talking about politics today, but the principle is there. Now, Isaiah 58, 12 says this, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise, raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. 
the restorer of the paths to dwell in. Now, this is huge and could go on a long time. I'm just going to give you a quick thought or two. Things to notice in the verse. There are some people who will build the old waste places, uh, colon, and it says, thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. In order to build the old waste places, you need to go back and rebuild those great foundations of past generations. And the one who does that is called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. In Isaiah's day, he preached about a day coming when some would go back to the founding of their nation. They would raise up the ideals of past generations. They would repair the breach or the broken places in the philosophical structure of their society. Uh, Preachers today, and I'm speaking of Baptist men that I know and that in our circles, they have failed to be taught their spiritual roots. Now, that's a Bible college failure, but once you're out of college, you've got a brain. And and I've learned more, more about the King James Version, more about Baptist history, more about Greek and Hebrew even than I ever did in Bible college. Um, and not that I put any weight in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, my King James Bible is, is what uh, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. And I believe that's the every word. But I have, I've learned. And, and so for a preacher that, that uh, failed to be taught about their spiritual roots, that's tragic. For him to be in the ministry for years and years and fail to learn his spiritual history, that is greater is a greater tragedy. His failure to honor the old paths the, and the old men is, is just, it's like dishonoring the founders of America. It is cataclysmic. Uh, most young preachers, most Baptist uh, preachers today have no idea. They will slander the word fundamental or fundamentalist, but they don't even know where it came from. When did that word come into being as far as being used referring to, um, to Baptist churches or to, to, to God's people in general, because it wasn't a Baptist term. It was a conservative term. Um, July 1920, uh, there was a writer, Curtis Lee Laws, who, who uh, in, in his paper, The Watchman Examiner, he wrote an article called Convention Sidelines. There's this huge convention, and it was, it was pro- Protestant and Baptist together, a bunch of people, and there was a real struggle between conservatives and liberals And the decision was made by a bunch of people, we cannot call ourselves conservatives anymore because the conservatives are becoming liberal. And in that paper, he coined the term, these are the fundamentalists. And as far as, you know, simple history, I don't know, there's there's been millions of people, so we can't speak uh, um, absolutely. But that's the first time the word fundamentalist clearly showed up in regards to those who stand to the right Um, And the word militant fundamentalist, that word was embraced. And this is in the 1920s when liberalism was creeping into the Presbyterians and other churches, uh, uh, Princeton University and and others. See, young men that are enamored by scholars, they're tempted by the casual church ambiance, and they've been drawn toward either the Reformed theology or a worldly form of worship that touches the flesh and... uh, that, that just allows people to come as you were and stay as you and leave as you were. Uh, we want people to come as you are, but we want them to leave changed. Um, but these, these young preachers, they know nothing of the roots of the philosophical um, motives 
of, of our Baptist history. Why were, why were uh, Presbyterians at war with the Presbyterian denomination? Why were Baptists and Quakers and others uh, so harassed by the Protestants? Um, we, have, we have a generation, several generations now, of people who have failed to learn their history, why we are what we are. Uh, why was it that, that many of the Baptists stood so firm and so firmly that countless times uh, they were put to death, millions, uh, millions and countless millions of, of Bible-believing fundamental people who stood uh, for the fundamental things, baptism by immersion and just the simplest things. They gave their lives. And don't think that they wouldn't give their lives today for the mess that's coming upon us. But see, the problem is nobody's going back as we read there in Isaiah 58, uh, that um, they that shall be of these shall build the old waste place. These things that are wasting and breaking down, thou shalt rise up, raise up the foundations of many generations, going back and finding what was it the last few generations, what was the foundation of their faith? And thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of the paths to dwell in. And we need to know who we are and why we are and what we are and why certain things matter so much. Uh, why is there a need to be gruff in resistance to any other direction? And I mean gruff. I mean, there's a reason to stand with a, with a, a, a not, I don't think we need to punch people in the nose. But I think there ought to be some, I'm not given, I don't care whether you like it or not, kind of an attitude. Um, we have gotten too passive. And if you read the history of fundamentalism in, in uh, Christian circles in America, you'll see that the big problem, at least around the turn of the century, was people who were conservative, but they, they said peace was worth compromise. And they would not stand uh, when, when, they, when the decision had to be made, and it meant losing friends, and it meant dividing they wouldn't stand. And uh, that's, that's where the failures come in. And uh, these young, many of these, these uh, young preachers, and I mean 40 and under, I know one young man um, building a good church. He's a good man. But he, he said he wanted to redefine fundamentalism. And um, my first thought was, it's not yours to, re to redefine. And, and secondly, and I wouldn't say this to him, it's his business to do what he wants. But uh, secondly, he didn't know what fundamentalism is to redefine it. Um, he, he's like a five-year-old trying to reinvent the car. What does the kid know about a car? Well, there's wheels and there's a body and there's windows. He didn't have any, any idea what makes that car go or what's an electronic ignition. Uh, he, does, he doesn't have a clue. And, he, he's, and it's not that he's a bad kid. It's not that he is irresponsible. It's just the five-year-old doesn't have enough knowledge of what a car is to possibly redesign or reinvent it. Um, and that's that's the way these young preachers are, and this man in particular, um, these self-appointed um, spiritual simple youths, um, they set out to redirect the course of fundamentalism. Well, they know that there's something to do with standards and separation and soul winning and love for the King James. But that's the those are big. Those are the tires, the brakes, the steering wheel, the windshield. And and I'm loyal to those things. But they don't know the details. They don't know why. And they don't know where we came from. They fail to learn the why, the who, and the what. In, in order to properly build what God desires in our generation, 
we need to go back to the former generations, many generations, and we need to raise up their foundation. We need to restore their paths and the waste places need to be rebuilt in exactly the same spot. Isaiah saw the trouble. He saw the nation going into captivity, uh, but he was comforted with the fact that one day that nation would be restored. The throne would be uh, enjoying the seed of David, sitting there ruling over Israel. The covenant would be intact again for the Jews and the paths restored for the bride of Christ, the New Testament Christian. We too have a foundation laid by the apostles. We too can see preachers admiring the altar of the heathen like Ahaz in 2 Kings 16. Uh, after conquering an enemy power, he saw the beautiful altar they sacrificed at. He, he drew a design of it and sent it back uh, to the priest said, build one like this so we can worship in an altar like that. And I think he, he won the battle. Why is he following and, and uh, worshiping at the altar? Now, he'd, he'd probably want to worship the God Jehovah, but he wanted the, the heathen altar. And that's, that's what we're facing today. The problem is uh, you send those plans to the worship leader in your church, and pretty soon people drift from a humble devotion to holiness and they change to a worldly lifestyle, a worldly style of life and, and religious activity. Uh, we watch churches go from God-fearing separation to complacency and casual Christianity and contemporary Christianity. Um, we, we need to understand that we better reach back to the waste places and the foundations of many generations and repair the breach. And if we do not, compromise will come along with, as the temptress Delilah did, and with our fundamental hair uh, removed, so too will be lost our power and our spiritual eyesight. And the Philistines will laugh at the foundations and the ways of our roots while we miserably grind at the worldly wheel of contemporary worship. May we be repairers of the breach. Mm -hmm.